if you record yourself doing a presentation, put it up and then watch yourself back. You very quickly learn that there's little idiosyncrasies that you're not doing right. A lot of trainers will say, oh, just get up and practice your speech. Write it and then stand up and practice it 20 times. And so practice is good, however, where that theory falls over. And this is exactly like if you're practicing a golf swing. You don't want to stand on the range and hit golf balls for an hour because essentially what you're doing is practicing your mistakes. And so if you watch yourself back and instead of just practicing over and over and over again, pick out one thing that you don't like about yourself or the thing that you can see that you're doing wrong and work on that. Don't worry about anything else and that might take a week to fix, it might take three months to fix. But once it's fixed, then watch yourself back and pick something else out. And so don't practice your mistakes. Welcome to Marketing Builder, the show where you'll get lots of little bricks of marketing advice to help you build up your marketing and your business. Drawing on over 20 years of marketing experience, your host, Daniel Oyston, will dive into a topic and provide you with short, sharp, and to-the-point marketing advice that you can apply to your marketing straight away. Welcome to Marketing Builder. Let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, legends. Pumped to have you joining me for this episode of Marketing Builder and also Cam Sullings, whose voice you heard at the start. And it might sound familiar to you if you live in Canberra because you'll also hear him on the radio, emceeing at game days at the Raiders or maybe emceeing a big event that you attend. And he joins the show to talk about the importance of speaking and presenting in marketing. Now, Cam has a long history in communications because straight out of school, he worked for a corporate video and events production company in Sydney before embarking on his radio career. But these days, while you'll still find him at those aforementioned roles, he also delivers public speaking and media training for individuals or groups. As a business owner or a marketer, you'll appreciate the importance of being able to verbally get your message across whether that's to the board, senior execs, another staff, or maybe at events, or whether you're producing videos or podcasts in your marketing. We also know how important storytelling is in marketing. It doesn't matter whether you are a seasoned executive or a senior marketer or a small business owner or maybe a sole trader because in this episode, Cam has loads of great advice to help you deliver your messaging clearly. Let's get into it. Here's Cam. Cam, welcome to the show. I have it on good authority because you do this sort of stuff for a job on the radio, professional speaker. I'm not going to have to do any edits. Is that true? We'll see, won't we? <laughs> well, as I said, welcome to the show. I'd like to have a little bit of a fun start with as many people as I can. Now, your question, first one is, your funeral, it's a sad day. But we need somebody to MC it. Who are you picking? Who are you going with? Well, sadly for you, Daniel, it's not going to be you. <laughs> Uh, I think it was almost three years ago um, that sadly I had to um, read the eulogy for um, my father-in-law, my late father-in-law who passed away. He was um, a decorated police officer, um, former deputy commissioner of the AFP. Uh, He was a probationary constable in King's Cross in the 1960s. He led and headed up the Manly Police College. He served twice in Cyprus, and he was one of four officers who uh, created the AFP. So his AFP badge number was number four. And as I was standing there reading the eulogy that I brought together, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if this is what he wants me to be saying about him. 
So with that in mind, I think the person who is best suited to MC my funeral is going to be me. <laughs> it <laughs> might take some planning. <laughs> it might take and some, and some special work. So uh, there's for a couple of reasons. So I think I will be able to tell all the things that I wanted to be said at my funeral. I'll probably be able to explain a few of the decisions that were made <laughs> along the way. And best of all, I would be standing there and I, would, I could see who actually showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Signing off for yeah. one last time. Well, I, I definitely didn't expect that answer, ah. so that was a good one. All right. Now, personality, authenticity, trust, demonstrating your expertise and storytelling, video, podcasting, they're all key elements in marketing these days. What does... What role does speaking and presenting play in marketing, do you see? Yeah, I think it plays a huge role and on a couple of different levels as well. So, of course, marketing is very much a, or a key element is about communication. And so if you're the person who is doing the communicating in your marketing plan. And so we know that video is powerful. We know with digital media, there's a lot of CEOs, there's a lot of everyone who is suddenly finding themselves in front of a lens or as a part of a radio campaign uh, or on the digital platforms. And so um, you have to be able to speak and communicate well to get your messages across on those platforms if you're actually doing the marketing. The other really important element for being able to speak well and present well, and we know marketing executives more times than not have to report into CEOs or there's executive boards or whoever that they have to report to. So if they come up with a wonderful creative idea and a really good strategy, uh, they have to be able to present it well. They've almost got to sell it to the CEO or to their seniors. So they have to be able to speak well, present well, speak clearly, and demonstrate what their idea is and how it will apply and why it will make money or do whatever it's supposed to do. Does the role or the importance of presenting and speaking differ from, say, a CEO level, maybe down to somebody who just runs a small business either by themselves or maybe just with a couple of staff? Yeah, look, I reckon it's almost more important that you know, the small business person with a couple of staff or even a, a sole trader, it's more important for them to be able to speak well and present well because at CEO level, you can get up and you can do a wonderful presentation and that's great. And if there's a call to action, then you have a big network of people around you. You might have a COO, CFO, wh whoever it is sitting under you. Um, and you've got lots of support to help then put whatever you've communicated or whatever you've spoken about to put that all in place. Whereas if you're a small business person, um, not only do you give the presentation and have to speak well, but in the very next moment, you actually have to go and deliver it too. And so you have to be able to speak well and communicate those messages at all levels, of course. But for me, sometimes more importantly, at that ground level, that smaller business level for sure. Is it also more important at that smaller business level because that's much more of a people-to-people -people proposition. The story is the person, not just the brand that a CEO might be representing. Yeah, absolutely. And so when small business people work that out, then they can go and find those beautiful stories and you know all the things that they've had to do to bring them up to that point in time and, and tell those stories and communicate those messages. And really importantly, the call to action. What's the call to action? What, what do you want your audience to do? 
I've heard you say this before, that public speaking constantly ranks as the number one of all human phobias. I thought it would be spiders, but let's go with public speaking. <laughs> yep. Why is that? Why are people so scared of it? Okay, so and, and this goes right back to primitive days, but really the number one reason is fear of being judged. So there's three universal fears. The fear of not being loved, fear of not belonging, and fear of not being enough. Now, fear of being judged sits under that number three one, fear of not being enough. So place in society matters, and we all know that we all know that someone else's opinion matters to the way we act the way we um, conduct ourselves it matters and so if you jeopardize your place in society then your body is going to go back into those primal days where back in the day it was a saber-toothed tiger coming around the corner and you you had to decide whether you were going to stay and fight or whether you were going to run or sometimes you just froze and then you got eaten so your primitive mind is is telling your body it is now in a dangerous place your place in society matters people are judging you and and we need to get out of here and so when that happens, there's a whole range of chemical reactions in your body and it results in adrenaline flowing through your veins. And the adrenaline is there so that you can take off at a million miles <laughs> an hour. And so you, you, you know, people get shakes, uh, their heart goes at a thousand miles an hour, they, they, they feel sick in the tummy or tummy goes in knots. Some people get very, very tight in the neck and you can hear someone who is really struggling when they're speaking, you can start to hear this voice cracking yeah. and their throat is getting tighter and tighter and tighter till the point where you know 100% the true essence of stage fright is it gets so tight that they can't actually speak and so that's a terrible situation I've seen that happen to a couple of people other people go red right up in the throat there's a whole range of things that happens but it's essentially your body preparing you for attack Wow. Yeah, it's. I've done a huge amount of reading on it and the science of stage fright and what happens is, I mean, it's very cool and it makes sense when you speak about it and when you hear it being spoken about. And it's just like, oh, of course. Um, of course that's what's happening. I, I get it. And the more you focus on it, the more you're conscious of it, which, which just makes it worse. It just compounds. It reminds me of a story. I won't throw anybody under the bus here right. but when you mentioned those fears of love belonging and, and being enough and being judged I remember doing a half hour 45 minute content marketing just kind of overview for a local real estate agency and there were there's probably about 40 people in the room it's just a lunchtime thing and there was these two old ladies up the back you could tell that they were best mates they looked like they'd been selling real estate since jesus was around right <laughs> yes, yes. and they're sitting at the back and they've got the big hair and they've got their glasses on the chains and they're sitting there stone face and and i saw them mm -hmm. and i locked in on them and i was like these ladies absolutely hate me they think everything i'm saying is absolutely rubbish and it became quite a distraction yes. in my mind despite knowing everything that i was talking about back to front I wasn't scared so much of not being seen as not knowing what I was talking about. But funnily enough, afterwards, they were the last couple to come and see me. I was like, here we go. They're going, you suck. You're no good. You don't know what you're talking about. And they said to me, it was the complete opposite. They said, 
that was the best presentation we've been to in years. And I, I actually, because you know me, I'm pretty forward. I said to them, I thought you hated me. And they're like, why? Yeah. And I said, you just stared at me the whole time. I thought you hated me. And they're like, no, we we're fascinated. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. And I, I've had a number of similar situations and I've been lucky enough to train in the private sector, in um, the public service as well, and do some work in defence as well. And so same thing, you stand there and you absolutely know what you're talking about. I've got 30 years of speaking experience, but there'll be a couple of those stupid eyed missile men, those those people that have been in defence for a hundred years, and they just stare you down so badly. And then at the end of the presentation, they come up, oh, that, that's the best training we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so what you have to do there, if that happens, Daniel, uh, and if that ever happens again, what you need to do is find the friendly eyes in the room. And so, okay, so we know those two people are up the back. I'm still going to do my presentation. But where are the friendly faces in the room? And I'm just going to give them a little bit more love because they're, they're showing to me that they're enjoying it and so that then soon disappears let's get back to the phobias if public speaking is pretty much everybody's number one phobia clearly it's not yours so what are you most scared of okay. i want to know all right so, Spiders. so 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 no 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 so i i've always i have had um an aversion to standing on the side of a building and looking straight down. Although that said, I've done abseiling and caving. I've abseiled into um, caves down 200 metres and all that sort of stuff. But people often ask me, do you get nervous when you speak? And so I've been um, to ANZ Stadium and I've presented to full crowds, 80,000 on the big screen. You know, that's front and centre for me. I very much enjoy being on stage. However, for me, I, for the last couple of years running this business, I've been out marketing myself as someone who can show you how to speak with impact and how to present well. Now, in my emceeing roles, if I toddle up on stage and give a less than 10 out of 10 performance, I know, especially if it's a corporate audience, so, so these are my potential customers, I know that those people are judging the hell out of me. And so that's where I begin to get nervous. And so I do have that adrenaline running through me. And when it happens, I, I just think to myself, come on, come on. <laughs> I'm better than this. But, but it still happens. And so then I've got a couple of little things in my teachings to show people how to manage their anxiety. And there's a couple of little things that work for me. So bang, I, they're in action and off we go. Well, on that, in that same vein, what's the most common mistake people make when presenting or speaking? I mean, everyone is so different and there's all sorts of different mistakes that, that you can make. I mean, if you don't know how to use microphones properly, and in my teachings, again, I show people how to use microphones and different styles of microphones. One big thing is that people don't get to their venue on time. And when I say on time, I mean before doors open so they can get themselves up on stage. They can ask who the, the sound tech is they can do a microphone you're chatter. not rushed uh, you're not right and so what's what what your body is then sensing is there's nothing to be worried about here there's no fear here i'm not rushed um and it's going to be okay uh we don't you know, you know people walk on stage sometimes you can see they haven't done a mic check and they hold it in the wrong spot and the first thing they say is daniel is this thing on They'll, and they'll tap them or up. they yell into it. Yeah. And oh, that's loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and there's all, so we've all seen those things happen. Also with lighting as well. If you walk up on stage and uh, it's a bigger stage and it's lit, you're going to have lights focused in on you, and especially if they're using a follow spot. Now, for people who haven't walked up on stage and walked into a follow spot light, it, it's confronting. It is a wall of light. And I show people. I say, go home if you've never presented in front of a follow spot before. You can go turn your car on, 
dip the high beams, get them up, and go and stand six metres in front of your car. And that's exactly what it's like. It's just a wall of light. So if you're not ready for that, bang again. Um, you know, you'll say, oh, you, you'll jump back out. Well, that's very bright. And especially if you're thinking, well, when I get up on stage, as you said before, that great advice, find some friendly faces. If you're thinking, I'll find some friendly faces in the crowd, and all of a sudden You've you got... can't because you can't see because of the light, it's a problem. then you start to stress. 100%. And then your body says, we need to get out of here. Adrenaline flows, bang, and, and you're away. So so not getting to a venue early and, and, and learning all those things before you work, walk up there on stage um, is hugely important. That's a big problem for me. While Marketing Builder is the name of this podcast, it's also the name of an awesome product that can help you sort through all the fluff of marketing advice out there and focus on the important stuff. Marketing Builder is a card-based system supplemented by online video lessons that walks you through, step-by-step, step, the most important things in a marketing plan, such as buyer personas, pipeline analysis, objectives, strategy, goals, budgets, and the fun and sexy stuff, the marketing tactics. And there's over a hundred of them for you to consider using. The card sorting process results in a visual representation of your marketing, where you can easily see how people will engage with your marketing as they move from awareness through to a customer or client. Whether you're a small business owner trying to develop a marketing plan that you can actually use and are confident in on that very limited budget, or a seasoned marketer wanting others in your organization to have real buy-in and engagement with your marketing, then Marketing Builder is perfect for you. Visit marketingbuilder.net for more information. Now, the reason you're listening, let's head back to the show. So we know you've got lots of bags of tricks to help yourself through certain situations. How do you work with people specifically to tick off all of those things that you know can potentially go wrong on stage or when they're speaking on a video or in a podcast? Yeah, so so the simple thing is put them in front of a camera and say, here's your task. Um, you've got four minutes to give me a 60-second presentation on this. Go. And so they're under pressure writing. Then we put them up in front of the camera. And this is nothing new. Most speaking trainers will do exactly this. They'll put people up in front of a camera and say, okay, uh, camera, and say, okay, give us uh, a short presentation. Let's have a look at how you go. And you'll pick up on uh, a whole range of little things straight away. And this is one thing that I also love talking about as well. So um, for purposes of uh, visualization, I'm now holding up my mobile phone and I say to people we're so lucky in 2021 we have hollywood in the palms of our hands because we can record our voice but we can also record ourselves doing a presentation and so if you record yourself doing a presentation put it up and then watch yourself back you very quickly learn that there's little idiosyncrasies that you're not doing right you might be looking sideways you might be blinking too much you might be saying um and ah too much. There might be a whole range of things and you can pick them out. So here's point of difference for me. A lot of trainers will say, oh, just get up and practice your speech. Write it and then stand up and practice it 20 times. And so practice is good, however, where that theory falls over. And this is exactly like if you're practicing a golf swing. You want to stand on the range and hit golf balls for an hour because essentially what you're doing is practicing your mistakes. Yeah. Right. And so if you watch yourself back and instead of just practicing over and over and over again, pick out one thing 
that you don't like about yourself or the thing that you can see that you're doing wrong and work on that. Don't worry about anything else. Quick wins. Yep, work on that. And that might take a week to fix. It might take three months to fix. But once it's fixed, then watch yourself back and pick something else out. And so don't practice your mistakes. It's great advice. Storytelling is a key component of a lot of marketing these days, usually because it helps form some sort of real emotional connection with the audience. They feel part of the story or or, or part of the characters. What are some tips you can share about how to tell a really good story? Humans are wired for stories. It's the way that we have transferred information communicated, learned things over millennia. So I've done a lot of research on the science of storytelling as well and what actually happens in your mind when a story, a a good story is being told. And so when your brain subconsciously picks up that a story is being told, it lights up on the inside. It's like neuroscience breakdancing. It's almost because there's an importance there because we've spent so long over the decades or centuries telling stories, your brain goes, this is important, it's story form. 100%. And so what happens is a whole range of little electronic pulses or electric pulses that happen in your brains and a huge amount of chemicals are released in your brain and there's four really good ones. And so if you start to tell a story to begin your presentation and then have a business hook into it, as opposed to someone who just gets up and bores us with PowerPoint or bores us with uh, with whatever business message they're trying to communicate, you're already ahead. So four of those really important chemicals, cortisol is released in your brain, okay? And so cortisol helps us with our attention. It helps us focus. So back in the day when the cyber, saber-toothed tiger came around the corner, cortisol, that's it, because it's like all of a sudden, bang, we're on alert and we need to get ourselves out of here. So cortisol is a good one. Oxytocin is another really good chemical. So that oxytocin helps create empathy and it builds trust and creates generosity. So you're talking about using emotion to sell your message or whatever it is that you're talking about. If you can add a little bit of empathy or some sort of emotion into your story, oxytocin is then at play. Dopamine is another one that comes out and that promotes memory and motivation. So if dopamine is flowing through your body, already you're ahead as far as people remembering your presentation as opposed to someone who's not doing what you're doing. And then the last one, endorphins. And so endorphins are the chemicals that make us feel good after exercise. And so you get a range, you've got a bunch of that as well. So after a good story, just feel good. Right, And so if you use that classic story arc of setting the scene, it could be a time, wherever it is, and then building to the tension and everything like that, then you get up to the top with the climax and then bang, you hit them with the message or whatever the climax of the story is and then you take them back down to what it is after the story. You know, you move people to action or whatever it is and there you go. You've got them, chemicals released in your brain, all that, and people don't know that that's happening. Amazing. I love the, all the chemicals. It's really cool. I mean, look, and I have to qualify that. I am not a neuroscientist, right? And so there's a whole range more. There's much more to it, much, much more to it. But on the very high level, that's what's going on. You work closely with people in training on this front. We know that. Let's say you're working with somebody. Maybe it's a small group of people. Maybe it's in-house. Maybe it's a public course. What differences do you see in the short term, say, on the day? Is there much change immediately from maybe when they rock in at 9 o'clock to 4, 4.30 when they finish? Do you see much change on the day? It's the coolest thing ever. I have seen people in the first speaking exercise, and if I do a full day of training, there's usually five mostly four, sometimes five speaking exercises. 
And I've had people at the beginning where we give them the speaking task and they're not ready for it. And they stand there and they have 15 seconds of words and, and that's it. Then at the end of the day, they give a full 90 second, two minute, whatever the task is. They have an unexpected opener to break the audience's guessing machine. They add in a story. They connect over into their business message or the business pitch or whatever it is, and they stand there and they nail it. It is like it's very satisfying, like a proud dad, hundred percent. And so I didn't even know that I could do this until I started doing it. It's just like whoa, you know. There's one executive who I was training who who was exactly that. She could not get her words out at the beginning of the day. Then at the end of the day, she was very good. She was then asked to speak in front of high high level people in. Canberra. And so those people then said, that presentation was so amazing. We need the next level of people up to see that. So then she had to go and speak in front of that higher group again. Now, the, there's a whole range of benefits when that happens. Personally, you get to people get to see you, but for your business as well, it's like, oh, okay, so this business is doing that. I didn't know that. And then all sorts of things can happen. That's a great outcome for that CEO. What about the others? What about the longer term? What sort of feedback do you get from people later on, maybe once they pass their first couple of big tests out in the big wide world and they come back and they give you some feedback what sort of changes are they reporting back to you yeah so it's it's that idea of so getting to your venue early if you'll be if it's an organized presentation getting there early knowing you know the things to do so when you do those things it just becomes routine and regular so you want those in your speaking routine and then the fact that they actually are saying that they just enjoy it. They, like, like, you know, before they were scared of getting up in front of people. Now they can see that what they're doing is either moving people to action or bringing people into conversation. There's all sorts of you know results of great presentations. Uh, and so they're saying, wow, I never knew that I could do that. There'll be some people listening to this. And to be fair, I'd probably be one of them if I was listening to this <laughs> of podcast. Course you would. And they'd think, I'm good at talking. I'm confident. I don't care whether people like me or judge me. I don't need to focus on being better at speaking and presenting. Is that a fair view or can you help everyone? Oh, look, there will be certain people. So I'm going to use one person in particular. Have you ever seen Brendan Nelson speak? Oh, a couple of times, oh, yeah. Right, Amazing. Right. So so you watch Brendan Nelson speak and I take notes. <laughs> he, he, and put all the politics aside, put with what's going on. Do you have on. a Nelson the Cat story? No. <laughs> what's going on with the War Memorial and everything like that, just put all that aside. That individual just has the ability to capture the audience's attention straight away and tell a beautiful story and and then communicate his messages and so people at that top level probably I, I can't help them I can't they probably show me how to do things but then for most people after that it's like okay there, there's always one or two things that you can learn and if you have that closed mind and you don't want to learn because I'm good enough well then go nuts <laughs> it's interesting you use Brendan Nelson as an example because I've had the pleasure of hearing him speak a number of times and even done a podcast interview with him oh. in, in a former role. Yep. The thing that strikes you about him is you know that he cares about giving a good talk or good presentation and that makes you pay attention because I'm not a little bit subconsciously, I'm thinking, 
this person's put a lot of effort into it, a lot of practice, a lot of thought, and so this is going to be good and you pay attention. They're not just somebody who thinks that they can walk into the room and just sort of, because I'm big and important and I've got a lot of history, people will just listen. He actually put some real effort into it. Absolutely no doubt about that. And so he's probably very, very talented. And you've got to remember, you know, people who drive Formula One cars, most people can't do that. The cars are just too hard to drive. And so there's only a very small population who, one, has the opportunity but two can do it well. So it's like everything in life, the very, very tip of the spear, there's a huge amount of natural talent involved. And so Brendan is just a naturally talented speaker, no doubt about that. However, he has taken the time to go and find those stories, learn them, and then and, and then do them and present them with impact. And, you know, he just does it so well. And so you can tell, you're exactly right, you can tell that he's put a lot of effort into being able to present well. You do a lot of work with the Raiders. Why haven't you fixed the football players saying, um, and you know? So so you'd be surprised. Like, I, I work at the Raiders. Oh, you're going to give a serious answer. That was just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I have not done training, and they do they do do some media training and and whatnot. Some of them just don't like speaking. You know, there's especially the Polynesian players and people in general with just too m- humble, massive respect. They're too humble, and they don't want to do it. Some people you can't shut them up. <laughs> Cam, it's been a great chat and loads and loads of good advice and insights. If people want to connect with you, keep the conversation going. But most importantly, learn more about the work that you do and how you can help them. What can they do? Where can they go for more information? Yeah, so I've got a website going. It's simply just camsellings.com.au. Go and have a look at that. And I've got all my contact details. I've got a LinkedIn page. Got, you know, I, I have a Facebook page that has all my business stuff on it. And so everything is there. And then email address, phone number. It's all out there. Love to chat to anyone who wants to take their speaking to the next level. Outstanding. And obviously, listeners will put all of those links in the show notes at marketingbuilder.net. Cam Sullings, host, presenter, MC, public speaking confidence coach. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with the listeners about the importance of speaking and presenting in marketing. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Totally love chatting to Cam in this episode. Look, I love all the guests that come on the show, but there's always a little part of me that has one eye on trying to make them feel comfortable and make it an as easy experience for them as possible because ironically, maybe they haven't done much of this sort of stuff in the past. So it was really cool to be able to just get on with it with Cam and it was actually lots of fun. He's so passionate about helping others in this space and clearly he's done a lot of research which he brings into his teachings to help make people the best speakers and presenters he can. So if some of that resonated with you and you want to be better on this front, do yourself a favor and visit his website, Cam Sullings, S-U-L-L-I-N-G-S.com.au, or you can find him on LinkedIn. Of course, all of the notes and the links are in the show notes at marketingbuilder.net. That's a wrap for this episode, episode 48. I've been your host, Daniel Loyston, and it's been amazing having you listen to the show, and I trust you got lots of value out of it. Remember, as always, marketing is about finding people with a need and getting them to trust you. Loved this episode? Good. Make sure you don't miss the next one and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. 
I'd also love to hear from you and what marketing you're crushing. Maybe you're finding something a little bit tough at the moment. You just want to have a chat. You just want to say hi. Maybe you've got a question. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for Daniel Oyston, O-Y-S-T-O-N, or follow Marketing Builder on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Marketing Builder or the handle MKT. BLD. Until next time, may your marketing be awesome and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Marketing Builder. This show was developed, hosted and produced by Daniel Oyston from Content Grasshopper, the creator of Marketing Builder. Marketing Builder is the easy to use, step-by-step card sorting system for cutting through all the marketing fluff out there and to help you build a marketing plan you are actually on board with. For more information, visit marketingbuilder.net or contentgrasshopper.com.au. Thanks for listening.